past uh, week, you know, we've been, pastor has been talking to us about unity, the purpose of his glory. And if you see, if the past one year and through the latter part of this year, we've been talking about manifesting his glory on becoming a people who manifest who our God is and uh, what he does. We discussed, you know, in the beginning we discussed about being a holy people, presenting a body as living sacrifice. We talked about walking in spiritual authority. And we also mentioned in the last few Sundays, we've been talking about to be, in order to be people of his glory, we must learn to walk in unity. And last week, we talked about unity from, from Psalms 133. It talks about a place, it's a place of anointing. It's a place of refreshing. And God is going to command a blessing upon people who stand together in unity. And when we are united together, there's going to be an impact to our world around us. And we also went through the book of Acts where it talks about how, how the apostles and how the disciples all were one accord, together. Talk about unity at work. And unity just does not happen just like that. It's, it's an intentional effort. We need to do it. We need to Go forth and do it. It's an action from us. And unity happens when we walk in humility. If you just turn your Bible to John chapter 17, verse 20 to 23. says that, neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which believe, which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you have sent me, and the glory which you have given me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may be perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and has loved them as you have loved me. So in verses 21 and 23, the Lord Jesus is expressing that, that us being one is the key, is the key for, for, for an impact into our world around us. Verse 21 says, that they all may be one and that the world may believe that you have sent me. And verse 23 says, and they may be perfect in one and the world may know. So when we one together, as the Lord Jesus is talking about, the world will know about it. And verses Verse 22, he describes how we will all be one. 
how, how, is, going to be the, how is it going to be done? It's going, it says that in verse 22, it says, And the glory which you have given me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. So the reason why God shared his glory with us is that we all may be one, united together. So for us, in order for us to walk in his manifested glory, in the man, to manifest ourselves in the glory of God, there are two things that, we, that, that God is showing us that, that we, need to, we need to take within us and we need to walk in that. One is the inner working of the glory of God within us. It defines who we are, the life that we live at home, the life that we live at office, the life that we are when we, we go around doing our things around in our daily chores and as we do our work. And secondly, is the outward working of the glory of God through us, defining what we do, the ministry, the ministry that we carry out. So two things. One is the inner working of the glory of God within us. Only if the glory of God has an impact in our lives, in our families, in our own personal lives. I'm talking about each one here. And live that life according to what God has told. Only then we can impact the ministry that we are living. So, number one. The inner working of the glory of God within us. Defining who we are. Let's look at it a little closer. His glory that is within us is his character. Is that core nature of God that is within us. His nature that is within us. His, his DNA. We, we got to, in everything that we do, we got to be like him. We got to look like him. And his glory within us will transform us to be like him. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18 says that. His glory will transform us to be like him. And our oneness with God comes because we are like him and walking like him. I know uh, if, if you're a husband and wife, uh, we've seen that happening. And you, you can relate to what I'm saying. There are times that I sing a song and I'll be singing that song in my mind. And after some time, as I come to that chorus, Joyce will suddenly sing the chorus part. And I was it's really frightening, actually, because I'll be singing a song in my mind, and all of a sudden, she'll be singing the chorus at exactly the same time. There are times that I'll think, okay, let's go to the shop. And she say, suddenly she'll say, let's go to the shop. And there are times that I'll think about somebody and she'll say, you know, what about this person? And I'll be thinking the same thing. And that's what happens when we are connected with God and when we are in close communion with God, what he thinks will just come into us. Amen? There'll be a oneness. And we will just be walking. And we don't have to go through 
a kind of a prayer. You know, I, when I was really small, I thought, you know, you know, speaking in tongues is something like you just go to a point and suddenly you just pray and pray and pray and pray and suddenly you just come to that slippery place and suddenly, bang, you just start speaking in tongues. That's what I thought it was. No. Or prophecy is something like, bang, bang, it just goes like that. No. It is just God moving through you and you just speak your mind, his mind, through your mind to that person. 1 John chapter 2 verse 6. Let's turn to that place. Verse 6 says, 1 John chapter 2 verse 6 says, He who says he, he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. We're actually a reflection of God. When Jesus died, you died. When he was buried, you were buried. When he rose again, it's no longer Georgie who lives, but Christ lives in us. So it's each of us sitting here, little Jesus is sitting here, and not so and so and so and so. So we walk in his character, we walk in his purity, we walk in his humility, we walk in his compassion. We're walking in the glory of God. The question that we need to ask ourselves every moment by moment in the decisions that we make, in the choices that we make, in the words that we speak, in what clothes we wear, or how we appear, you know, is, is this an expression of God's DNA? Is this what Jesus would do? Does this represent him? Does this glorify him? Today, sadly, we've become need-based Christians. What I mean is, is that it's only when we have a need, we would like to talk to somebody. Or if someone is in that, is in, talks in this fashion or is in this fashion, we would only talk to them. If the person whom we are talking to is, is so-and-so or well-to-do individual in the society, only then we will keep in touch. You know, it's, you know, you know it's, we need to keep those connections. Or otherwise, we're just going to carry out a responsibility only if you take up a ministry. It's a shame if you do that. Oh, I'm in this ministry. I'm praise and worship ministry, so I better, you know, connect with only these people. Or I am part of Karanalaya, whatever it is. Only then I can talk to those children there. Or oh, it's not my responsibility. So as the, has the church impacted the world or the world impacted the church? We've become selfish and, you know, hey, look at me kind of attitude. Today even being spiritual is kind of a, you know, rat race in church circles today. I'm listening to so and so and you, if you're not, you're really missing out, you know? The question that we need to ask is, are we listening to God? What is he saying today? Not so and so in this ministry or that ministry or what pastor said or what he's saying about it. What is God talking to you? What is your father who made you in his image and in likeness? What is he talking to you? Sadly, I'm telling you, world is coming into the church not church impacting the world 
we have lost our saltiness, including me. The light has gone dim. The light is not bright, shining bright. Today we can't make out a Christian in the workplace. They just want to just blend in, be like the rest of them. We had a competition last week. And I just came to sing. I went to sing at office. I took my guitar and I just went there. And everybody looking at me, hey, what can come out of Nazareth? You know, they're looking at me like that. Who is this dark guy, you know? Hey, who, who, what can come out of this guy? He just doesn't look good. You know, just an ordinary guy. What, what is he going to say? And I started speaking and I said, you know, Jesus impacted my life. I'm just speaking to them. And it's supposed to be competition. And I just sang. I like to watch the faces of people when I sing. After I sing, there are so many people who like to come and meet me. Hey, I want, how are you? What's your number? And things like that. Everybody is going, but the outward looking. Look. Not what is inside. If you are connected with God, I'm telling you, you will be able to see through a person and be able to discern and know his inside. My older brother who's been who's gone to be with the Lord, he always says, always, once the church service is over, look for the lonely ones and go and speak to them. Are you looking for the lonely ones in church? Or are you looking for that particular group? Hey man, hey, hey how is how's everything? How's Christmas turkey going? Is the turkey booked in Garuda Mall? Have you done this? Have you done that? You know, uh, where are we going? What are we doing? Are, are, are we looking for the lonely ones? The ones who has nobody to speak to? Are we connecting with them? Why don't you just put on the eyes of Jesus and look through the crowd when service is over and build relationship and bring that unity and manifest His glory into another person? Secondly, from the outward working of the glory of God through us, de- defining what we do. Once we start living, once God's manifests glory is within your life and within your, in, your, in your own personal life at home and in your own life, you know what? You don't need to have a badge in church. You need, no, don't need to have a pastor or an apostle or prophet or so-and-so in church. Your ministry will just start overflowing through you. Look, let's look at the, uh, at the early church. Several times we see that phrase. I'm just going to go through that again. I like that. One accord is used to describe what God has been doing among believers. If you see Acts chapter 1 verse 14, they all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. Acts chapter 2 verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had come, fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Again, Acts chapter 2 verse 46. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Acts chapter 4 verse 24. So when they have heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made the heavens and the earth and the sea, and all that, all that is in them. Acts chapter 5 verse 12, And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. 
And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. See that word, one accord. Are we living in one accord? No, I don't see that. Is the pain of your brother your pain? I'm not saying that once we live in that, we're going to have a, a, a church without any problems. There were problems in, in the early church. Acts chapter 6, they talk about the problem about the Greek-speaking Jews and the Hebrew-speaking Jews. They had that problem with each other about food distribution. There was a doctrinal issue where, where the Gentiles who became believers had to follow the Jewish customs. Here again, everybody gathered together and they resolved that issue. So why do we require, why do we require this union and unity and to be in one accord? Why, why do we do this? Why do we need this? Is it just, we just want to just fill, full, fulfill some kind of a obligation of filling, uh, you know, a sermon uh, at Sunday after Sunday? I tell you, there, there's so many things. Basically, it's for revival in church, isn't it? But let's look into our motives. Why do we, why, why, why is that we need the glory of God? Why is that we need revival? An individual may desire revival for the glory of God and the salvation of sinners. Another member in church may desire revival, but for a very different motive. Some perhaps desire a revival in order to have their congregation built up and strengthened so as to make it more easy for them to pay their expenses in supporting the gospel. Another, des another desires a revival for, for, for the sake of having the church increased so as to have more numerous and more respectable among you know, all the church. Hey man, we are here. Others desire revival because they have been opposed or evil spoken of and they wish to have it known that whatever may be thought or said, God blesses them. Sometimes people desire revival for mere natural affection so as to have their friends converted and saved. What is our motive? Why do we need the glory of God to come? Our eyes shine for the light has come, for the glory of the Lord has risen. What is our motive? Revival is hard work. I was talking to my, some, my friend from uh, Brother Calvin from Shillong. I always like to talk to somebody who's talking about revival. So I keep asking him every Sunday about revival. And he says that revival is hard work. There are people getting saved day by day. There are people getting delivered. There are people, you know, we've got to be 24 by 7 here. Are we ready for that? Are we ready to be, leave our jobs and come here and serve people here in church? Now I'm asking myself too. People may even desire a revival and agreeing and desiring it and agree in the motives. Yet, if the motives are not good, God will not grant their desires. We need to go to the core of the problem. Why do we need the glory of God in our church? Why? Ask that question, why? Are we ready to put the finger on certain areas where it hurts in church? If I, in my family, if I say, I want unity, we got to be unity, and my wife is pulling in one direction, my older daughter is pulling in another direction, and my smaller one is pulling in another direction. Can I have it? We can have prayer in the morning. 
But all of us just saying, oh, I don't agree with that. As Keith Green says, no one aches, no one hurts, no one even sheds one tear. But God weeps. Jesus rose from the grave and you can't even get out of bed. I'm talking to myself too, first. Oh, God, we need a revival, Lord. We need your touch. We need that togetherness, Lord. We need to hurt from another person. Hurt from, from my brother and my sister. Their pain should be my pain. If your hand hurts, if you've injured your hand, surely your whole body will ache, isn't it? If we are not hurting, then we are gone wrong somewhere. If we're not hurting for another brother in church, something is wrong. Something is wrong. If our attitudes are not right, then something is wrong. We need to repent. When somebody goes wrong, are we the first people to condemn them? Let's make this prayer right now. Let's just raise our voices right now unto God and say, God, oh God, have mercy upon us. Have mercy. We have failed, O oh Lord. We, your people, have failed. We've just gone so far away from you. We just want a kind of a kick a kind of a, a, just, you know, revival, but we don't want anything to be touched and shaken and come out of our comfort zone. Oh, Lord, if we are desiring th- those things, you know, we have to repent before God. We need to come before Him and say, God, have mercy. Have mercy. I just want to sing this song, and I just want all of you to sing this song with me. instruments of your peace where there is hatred let your love increase Lord make us instruments of your peace walls of pride and shall see when we are your instruments let's sing it again Lord make us instruments of your will where there is hatred let your love in 
Trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.